welcome to the But First Coffee Wake Up Call, a podcast for women doing life differently. I'm your host, Kelly Greeno, and this is episode five. Awesome. So I am doing something different today. Hey, I am doing a live video and I'm recording on the Anchor app for our podcast. And this is actually going to be episode five of our podcast, of my podcast. I do a podcast with my husband, uh, When the Velcro Rips. That is a podcast for um, the law enforcement officers and wives. And I mean, anybody can listen to it. It's really awesome stuff because it's just us sharing us in our life. Um, I love that. It's a ton of fun for him and I to do. There's zero pressure on it. It's kind of all about for um, the life that we live as him being a police officer and also a SWAT officer. And also the fact that like he and I are both alpha personalities, very different types of alpha personalities, but how we manage life, marriage, parenting, work when you have two alpha people living in the same home. Uh, so we've got that one going. That one go a little bit slower just because of his schedule. And then I have my podcast, which is the Butt First Coffee Wake Up Call. And that stemmed from a video series that I was doing. I started it in 2016. I did daily videos in the morning, live videos on Facebook. And um, I think Periscope was still around then too. So I was using Periscope as well. A lot of times having like two or three different devices up at the same time. Uh, And uh, I was doing the Buffers Coffee Wake Up Call and I loved it. It was great. And then I started to sort of get a little bored, which... If you've been around for a little while, you know that happens with me. I get bored doing something and I like things to be exciting and fresh and fun. And I don't like to bring um, an uninspired energy to anything that I'm doing. So I stopped doing that podcast or that video series um, and did live videos just whenever I felt called to, which is great. Sometimes I do them on my page. Sometimes I do them in this group. Um, That is also what started to stem these coffee and coaching calls or coaching and coffee, whichever way you want to do it is being able to spend some time together specifically talking about different topics asking questions receiving coaching because I'm a firm believer that you can learn whatever you want from whoever or from books or from coaches or from trainings but if you can't get customized personalized advice for what's going on in your life right now at this moment it's not as impactful so i like to do things live as much as i can to give the customized personalized advice for what's going on in your life which that means you need to speak up you need to share what's going on ask questions And because I am recording this on the podcast and doing this live in our Facebook group, which is a sexy, powerful, intuitive, rebellious, influential tribe, um, you, I'm not going to say the names when I'm reading questions that come up. So those of you that are alive, don't be paranoid that I'm going to blast your information out there. Um, I will even read the question quietly in my head first to make sure that I'm not giving any information out that could be, you know, a little uncomfortable on the podcast. If you're on the podcast and listening to that, you can actually send me a message on Anchor, which is really cool. When you go to the profile, you click message, you can record a voice message and send it to me, which is really neat because I can then play that in the podcast if it's relevant, um, kind of like a live clip, like on radios when you call in and you know, radio shows. So it's a really cool thing. Um, all that to be said that today I want to talk about mom guilt. And we'll touch on prioritizing things. We'll touch on the um, not so supportive opinions of other people that pop up. But I did, um, I had a speaking engagement earlier this week with a group of, um, they're called MOPs, Moms of Preschoolers, uh, actually for the preschool that I went to when I was little. So how's that for things coming full circle? I got to uh, go to my old preschool and speak to a bunch of moms that now have their own children at um in the preschool. So it was actually kind of a really weird, surreal type of moment. But um, I I was asked to speak to them about mom guilt and, you know, how to, how to handle that, how to deal with that. What does that mean? How to, how to really get a good place? Oh, I didn't even realize guys that I have my butt first coffee sign um, on the wall behind me on the, if you're watching the thing, my butt first coffee one, that's pretty cool. Um, so Mom guilt is something that's really, really, really common. It's something that I think all moms deal with on some level, on a personal level, on an emotional level, on a physical level. Um, We deal with the guilt and shame that comes from other moms for choices that we make, let alone what we're going through with our own head and the stories that are being told in our head. And what I realized when I did this, this speaking gig was 
um, that it's like really needed to talk about this, to talk about it more and to get it more in the open and to really shift perspectives on it. It was really cool to do this in person and be talking to these women face to face. And like I told them that like things are, I like things to be conversational. When I lead workshops, even when I speak on stages, I like things to be conversational because I want it to be relevant to you. I want you to get the information that you need for what's going on in your life. And I loved the other night because I got that conversation. I got to just sit around the table and chat about things that are going on in their lives. And I got to see the light bulbs click and the perspectives shift and like to see those moments of like, oh, I can do that differently. Oh, I don't need to feel guilty about that. Oh, here's why that's actually really important for me to do and to make sure it happens. So it's really cool for me to do the live events and the live workshops because I get to see that and feel that and have that really personal engagement with women, which is what we need. Women need community. We are a tribal-based uh, species like that is who we are what we are how we were built especially as women we need our tribe we need our community we need that connection that is something that fulfills us as women on a soul level is having that connection with other women and I didn't realize that for a long time um, but that's a whole nother podcast and and uh, episode of coaching and coffee so mom guilt oh mom guilt comes up when we decide to do something for ourselves. We decide that we want to um, go get our nails done, get our hair done, go to the gym, take a trip, do something without our children, um, and basically, you know, quote unquote, leave them behind in some way. And we feel bad uh, when we go to work and our kids have things that are going on at school and we don't get to go and we have to miss out on those things, right? We feel like what we are missing out on things in their life, that they are missing us, that we are leaving our children behind, that we're leaving them out of things, that we miss our children, um, that it's bad for them that we're not there, that we wish we could be there. Like it, it's all that stuff and all those situations that pull on our heartstrings in a really, really big way. There are things that make us feel straight up guilty um, and guilt has to do with things that we feel like we did something wrong, we did something bad, something that we did, a choice that we made, that's what guilt is. Shame comes into play when it goes a step further and makes us feel like we are a bad person, like who we are is bad, who we are is wrong. So there's the difference between guilt and shame. And shame can quickly come in after mom guilt starts to take over because it makes us feel like we're a bad mom, right? The story that goes on in our head is that like, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad mom. I can't believe I did that. Like I feel horrible. And it quickly spirals into this very, very big thing. And it makes us feel like crap straight up. That's, that's what it does for us. It makes us feel really, really bad. It can bring tears. It can bring anger. It can bring frustration. Um, a lot of different emotions can come up with that, but it's not good is the bottom line. It makes us feel not good. So um, my perspective on mom guilt is to learn to shift it and to learn to see the other side. So when I do Facebook Lives or when I do speaking things or when I'm presenting something, people often ask me, you know, do you get nervous? And my answer is always that like, I feel the fear, I feel a little bit of nerves, but I quickly shift that to something different because I changed my perspective. My perspective goes from, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. What are they gonna think about me? What if I mess up? What if I don't know? What if the information isn't good? to the perspective and the viewpoint of this isn't about me, this is about those people. This is about the people I'm speaking to. So, you know, what do they need to hear? How can I serve them the best? It takes it off of me, releases it to the divine, to universe, God, whatever source you choose to believe in, and it's not about me anymore. It's me being of service to other people. So how does that relate to mom guilt? Instead of thinking that like, I feel so bad, the story in my head is that I'm a bad mom and I'm neglecting my kids and I'm doing something wrong, I'm doing something bad, I'm making the wrong choice. It's shifting that to be, this isn't about me and what I feel. This is about my kids. This is about the other people that are in my life. What does that mean? That means that by you taking time to do things for yourself, by you taking time to be away from your children, you are helping them. You are doing them a huge service. So flip that, you are doing them a disservice if you're never taking time for yourself. If you are constantly giving of yourself to other people, and this isn't just about your kids, this is about other people as well. A lot of people will feel this type of guilt around things with their husband, 
um, things with coworkers, things with friends, things with family, where you feel like you are making a choice that could be seen as selfish, that could be seen as, um, you know, I only have a short amount of time, right? So we, you, maybe you work. Then you're like, I only have, you know, two hours with my kids when I get home and then they go to bed. So I need to like soak up that time. I need to use that. And that's what makes me a good mom or a good wife, right? My husband comes home from work. We've only got a set amount of time. So I don't have the time to do the things for myself. When you don't do things for yourself, you are doing those people that you love and that you care the most about a huge disservice. So by you taking time for yourself, you are doing good for you and you're doing good for those that you love. So Let's go specifically with, let's say you wanna take time to go to the gym to do something for your own health and fitness. You are doing good for yourself, right? You're taking care of your health, taking care of your body, taking care of your mental health, because when you work out, it's a mental thing just as much as it is physical, if not more mental than physical. Um, And you're doing things that are good for you. They're a stress reliever, they're helping your body, they're helping your mentality, you're getting social, you're getting out of the house, you're doing a pattern interrupt so you're stimulating your brain in different ways, right? All those things are good for you. When you're taking time away from your family, which is when we feel guilty, you are actually doing your family a service because there's two parts to this. One, you are now able to give them your best. So if you're not taking time for yourself to fill yourself up, you are only giving them 50% of your best. They are not getting your best. They're getting you when you are depleted, when you're not filled, when you're not truly happy, when you're not your healthiest, when you're not your happiest. They're getting shortchanged, right? So yes, see that, awesome. You are doing them a huge disservice because you're shortchanging them on the experience they get to have with you. If you're not taking time for yourself, you are less than what you could be. You are less than your very best. And that means you're giving less than your very best to the people that you keep saying you want to give your best to. That's why you sacrifice yourself. But shift that perspective and understand that that's not true, right? That's just the guilt speaking up. That's the ego speaking up. When you're giving people less than your best, you are doing them a huge disservice. You are shortchanging them on what they are able to experience from you and with you, right? So that's the first part is that they're getting less of you. They're getting not your best and that's not fair to them. They want your best. They want you to feel the best. They want you to feel confident and sexy and happy and powerful and amazing and less stressed so that they can have the best connection with you. Even if that means less time with them, I would rather have one hour of really fantastic, freaking amazing time with my children than two hours of stressed out, irritated, kind of argumentative with everybody and giving them everybody less. Can you see that? That like the quality of time matters more than the quantity of time. So if you need to take an hour to go to the gym to do something for yourself or an hour to go for a walk or 30 minutes to go for a walk or whatever it may be, go get your nails done, go get your hair done, whatever you are choosing to do, a girl's night out, whatever it may be, like the whole night out, whatever, the trip you need to take, you are filling yourself up so that when you are home, the quality of time that they get with you is twice, if not more than that, better than it was before. So people will oftentimes try to make me feel bad when I travel. Like, don't you miss your kids? Don't you? Like, I do travel a decent amount. I haven't quite as much this year, but I have traveled a decent amount in the past. For like up to two weeks, I've been gone before. And honestly, I don't FaceTime my kids very often. I don't call them very often when I travel. But like, do I feel bad about that? Like, no, because I'm filling myself up. And I know that when I'm home, I appreciate that time more. I give my best to my kids. I am at my utmost 100% totally fulfilled and excited and happy when I come back to them because I took that time. So that's the first part, right? That you're if you're taking if you're not taking time, you are shortchanging them on the experience they get to have with you. The quality that you're giving them is way less than what it could be by not taking time for yourself. Um the second part is to know that when you take time away from them, you are allowing your children to experience something else. They get time with their dad. They get time with their grandparents, time with friends, time alone, right? When I take my morning routine time, which like this morning I did before I did this podcast and and recording with you guys, that I took my time for myself. My children then get time to themselves. They get to interact with themselves, think with themselves, make their own decisions, 
They get memories and time made with other family members and with friends. They could do experience different things. The other really important thing that I didn't realize until I was doing the speaking engagement later earlier this week was the importance of having that time away from you and their ability to develop confidence and being willing and able to speak up for themselves. This day and age with what is going on in this world, people being able to speak up for themselves authentically, confidently for what they need, for what they want, for what has happened in their life is so important. And let's like, if you're with your kids all the time, how often do you already know what they need before they ask? How often do you already know what's going on before they say anything? Are you like doting on them, making sure they eat? Like you're ahead of the game, right? That's your job as a mom. Like that's what makes us mom. We're really good. We're connected to our kids. We know what they need. We have known the different types of cries from the time when they were super little before they could talk. We know how to help our children. We know how to give to our children. We know how to take care of them, how to nurture them how to provide for them. Like that's what we do. We are we are mom to our children and they don't have to speak up for what they want and what they need with us the majority of the time. When they are with other people, they have to. They have to learn how to use their voice. They have to learn how to use their words. They have to start experiencing and understanding how important it is and how much their voice matters to teach them to speak for themselves and that their opinion and their wants and their needs and what they think and what they feel matters. That is something that they don't get to experience fully if you are always with them. If you are the one that is always taking care of them. If like even the other day when I did, I was I went to Grand Rapids so I drove 3 hours to go to the speaking engagement and then I ended up staying with my mom for the night. And, um, that day I got a text from my husband and when I was driving and he's like, I just got a full on lecture from Liam who's eight on how to make sure I do the oils correctly before their bed. Cause we put essential oils on them before bed, um, protection and energy and, um, helping them sleep better. And Liam gave Andrew a full on, you know, explanation of this is how you do it. This is what I want. This is what I need. This is what to expect. And I was like, as much as I laughed at that, I was super, super proud that my son knew that that was important to him and he was willing to speak up and make sure that his needs were met and that there was clear communication between him and his dad about what he wanted, what he needed. And from a place of confidence, it wasn't like a whiny, needy, unsure, I, I need to act like a baby, like I need that whiny, upset type of place. It was, this is what I need, this is what I expect. My children would not know how to do that if I was the one that was always speaking for them. So allowing them to have that space to self-discover, to have to speak up, to develop the confidence, to use their words, to experience different things as well that like dad does things differently than mom and that's okay. And grandma does things differently than dad who and then does different things than mom and that's okay. And when you stay with your aunts, they do something. When you stay with your uncles, they do something different and it's okay for them to like, they need to know that. That it's not one way is the only way. That there are multiple ways to do things and it's okay to be different. And if they don't experience that in a realm of places and, and in safe places, right? Because if you're leaving them with somebody, obviously you trust these people. They're, they're fam- Typically I leave my kids with family. So it's like they get to experience, they get those memories with their uncles, with their grandparents, with their aunts, with their cousins. They get to experience those things. They get to make those memories. And I'm not there. Like, you know this as a mom. Your kids act different to mom than they do compared to anyone else. We know this. They behave so differently with different people than they do with mom. And if we're always there, they don't get to be that person. They don't get to experience that. They don't get to grow into that. They don't get to make those memories. So it's not about you. You feel bad, you got to get over it because that's the story in your head. The story in your head is you're neglecting your kids. You're worried about it. You're leaving them to fend for their own. You miss them. They miss you. This is bad for them. This is bad for you. This is hard for you, right? And you need to get rid of that story because you shift it to be this isn't about me. This is about my children. This is allowing them to grow and expand and speak up and grow in confidence and make these memories and experience that And I get to take care of me. I get to fill myself up. I get to do this for myself and feel fantastic so that when we do come back together, it's an even better experience than it was before. 
stress levels are lower, excitement is better. Um, there's conversation to be had because you've got new things that you're bringing to the table on both sides. They've got stuff they want to tell you. You've got stuff you want to tell you. And the proof of this that like it is better for our children is um, uh, my niece was such a great example that she um, had an event at school and my, my sister had to work. And so grandma got to take her to this event at school and this party. And of course, my, you know, my sister felt bad. She's like, I really wanted to be there. Like, I want to be able to do this stuff with her. And I get it. I understand it. We do want to be involved, right? We do want to do those things. But this day she couldn't and she was feeling bad. And um, the proof in the pudding was when she got home and my niece was like super excited. She had a fantastic day with grandma and she got to talk about it with mom. And she was so thrilled and so excited that like she didn't miss mom. Like, right, they might miss mom at first and they might feel bad at first. And that's okay to feel sad. We need to understand those emotions and not dismiss them. They're allowed to feel what they need to feel and it's okay to miss people. But the experience she had that day was something that she got to have that she couldn't have had if mom was there. She got to experience that with grandma. And like when you come home afterwards, you will experience that a time and time again. Um, so that's like the twofold perspective on mom guilt that it's really good for you because you're going to fill yourself up. You're going to be your absolute best. You're going to feel your best. Your stress levels are going to be lower. You're going to take care of the woman that you are. And without the woman that you are, there is no mom. Like we need to start getting that through our head. If we don't take care of the woman that we are, the woman is the centerpiece. Without her, there is no mom. There is no wife. There is no daughter. There is no employee. There is no friend. The woman is most important. We need to take care of her, to treat her better, to stop the stories that are in our head that are about how we feel bad and we're horrible and we're guilty and we're shameful and we're neglecting and we're we're bad at this and we're this is messing things up and like the self-talk needs to stop. Right? The negative self-talk needs to stop. Those stories in our head need to stop. And we need to learn to shift our perspective to understanding when we take care of ourselves, we're able to give more to the people that we love, to give better to the people that we love and care about in our lives, and that we are able to set our children up and to set our spouses up for even more and even better. And like our friends and stuff too, like how great is it when you spend time apart and you come together, you've all got stuff to talk about. So doing things for yourself is not bad. It's not wrong. It's something that we need more of in this world. Now, what that looks like in terms of taking time for yourself is totally up to each individual woman. I believe that every woman needs some type of travel. How often, where you go, how much happens, how long you go, totally unique to every woman. Y'all know that I love beaches and I will spend a week at a beach at a time and I will feel completely fulfilled and rejuvenated when I come back. Like that's my thing, I love that. Um, But we need that travel because we need the pattern interrupt. When you travel to someplace new, you experience new things. And what happens? It's new. It's out of routine. You're no longer on autopilot. You have to snap awake. Your brain needs to function differently. You have to pay more attention when you're driving because you don't know where you're going. When you're walking because you don't know the area and you don't know the people. You're experiencing all new things. It is new stimulation for yourself. So you are growing and learning about yourself and learning about the woman that you are, paying attention to the stories that are going on in your head the whole time, being the gentle observer. But you're also like growing and waking up and you're not on autopilot anymore. Like how much of our daily routine is autopilot, right? The routes that you drive to and from work, to and from practices, picking up things, going to the grocery store, the way you get up in the morning, the routine is getting everybody out the door, cooking dinner, coming home, like all that stuff. It's autopilot. We need the pattern interrupt and the stimulation to help us live to help us remember to stay awake, to stay alive. So that's why some type of travel or pattern interrupt is super important. Literally, you could go to the Days Inn Hotel at the corner of your street and that would be a pattern interrupt and stay there for a night. The kids and I did that um, in 2016, 16, yeah, 16, when we moved. 
Um, my husband was out of town for training and we were moving out of our house. So we had to have everything like pretty much moved out by the time he left because I didn't want to move it out by myself. So the kids and I, cause they had school. So we went to the days in that was like literally around the corner and we stayed there for a night and it was like the greatest thing ever. They had a pool. We had one night in a hotel. They had their own big bed to themselves. Like we had Jimmy John's for dinner sitting on the hotel bed. Like it was a great experience. And clearly like I light up talking about it and it was one night and it was like a hundred bucks and it was fantastic. A pattern interrupt for everybody made a huge difference. We can do things, we can do more than we think we can. We are capable of doing and understanding so much more than we think we are. And doing those pattern interrupt things are super important for the for you as a woman, but also for your kids too. They need the different things. When you're not there, it's different. They have to think. They have to process. Nobody's spoon feeding them. Like the magic cleaning the laundry fairy doesn't show up for them that time that you're gone. Like they have to to remember these things. They have to do these things, right? Teaching them to be confident and using their voice to speak up, to ask questions of those that they're with, to really stand on their own and become independent. Because, you know, we all kind of hope at some point that our kids are going to move out and not be living with us for their entire life, right? We want them to be productive and amazing human beings in this society, and we want them to bring good into this world. If we don't give them a chance to discover that, then we're doing them a huge disservice. They can discover that when you're not there. So taking time for yourself is something that you don't need to feel bad about. Um, I do believe travel is important. I do believe your health and fitness is extremely important. And I don't go to a gym. I work out at home, but I make sure that I have that time on a daily basis. There's like one to two days when I'll take a workout off, but, um, do something physical for myself. And it's not just like to look good or to lose weight. It's my mental state needs that. I need that time for myself. I need that physical exercise. I need the sweat. I need the energy flow. I need the way that that makes me feel and the way that it teaches me about my body and pushes my limits. I need that time for me. And I've come to like crave that and value that. I think that is another super important thing. Travel, health and fitness, um, making sure that you have girl time, like get your time with some girlfriends of some sort, whether it's virtually, you do like a Zoom call or a Skype call with somebody, you get together in person, you have a girl's night out, like that time is super important to be able to bond and be with yourself. Um, date nights with your husband, if you're if you are with somebody, with your spouse, like with your partner, that is super important to have that time together for your marriage, for your intimate connection together, for the relationship that you two have. That is a priority. That needs time. That needs to be um, built into your schedule. It should not get put on the back burner. Um, and taking time with your kids individually, if you have more than one, being able to like spend time with one child at a time is super important, right? Being able to, and then not feeling guilty about that. That can often bring up mom guilt as well, that like, well, he got to do this. That means I need to do that with her, like those types of things. But also knowing that like, those are valuable experiences for both kids on either end, whether they're the one you're with or you're with the other child. So those things are important to make those times um, a priority in your life, which leads us perfectly into the question that was asked about like how do I prioritize all these things that are going on you know I want to spend time by myself I want to do things for me I have work I have I have this passion I have this that's going on all these you know quote-unquote important things right so um sometimes I think I need to hire a sitter if my mom can't watch the boys so we don't have to cancel our couple's massage and date night exactly it's so valuable I was talking with somebody one time that um, you can either spend the money on date night now or you can spend the thousands of dollars on marriage counseling and divorce later. Like, you choose, right? Because if you're not spending time prioritizing that relationship, of course it's gonna fall apart. Of course you're, you're gonna disconnect. Of course you're not gonna, gonna all of a sudden feel like unsatisfied and unhappy and unfulfilled. So yes, pay for the sitter right? Or find a neighbor that can take them for two hours or swap with a friend. Like there's always a solution. I have a lot of people that will tell me they're like, I don't have a support system around me. I don't have family like you do near me. There are people in your life. You are not a fucking hermit. Like you can find someone that you trust enough for an hour, maybe two to watch your children. It is for your sanity, for your health, for their benefit, for your purpose and passion in this lifetime. You have to have that time by yourself and that time with your spouse. Like you can find a friend that can watch them for an hour or two. Really. Like get over your own ego. That's really what it is. And I say that with the most love and compassion that I could possibly send you. That 
you can find someone to watch your children for a couple hours. I, yes, like a neighbor, a friend of theirs, if they're in school, um, for Pete's sake, I could call their teacher at one point. Like I'm close enough with one of their teachers that could be like, could you just come watch them for a couple hours? Like I would be willing to do that if I had to, right? Make the adjustments, make it a priority. You will either find excuses or you will find a solution. That's black or white, how it works. You can find the reasons why you can't do it and you can continue to complain about it. I tell this to my kids, actually, this is a really great lesson that if you have a problem, if you there is a situation that needs a solution, you have a problem with something, there is something going on, you have a complaint about something, you're upset about something, you're not happy with something, and there is a solution, there always is a solution, by the way, always there is a solution. So if there is a solution that is presented to you and you're not willing to take that solution for whatever reason, you're not willing to find the solution, then you need to shut up. You are not allowed to complain about that anymore because there's a solution and you are the one choosing to not take it. So if you feel like your marriage needs work and you're tired and you're disconnected from your husband and your intimacy sucks and you're not willing to take a date night, that's on you. Stop complaining about it to everyone else. It's not doing anybody any good. You're doing yourself a massive disservice. You are giving all of your power away and you are better than that. You are an incredibly powerful, amazing woman and you can find solutions to everything. You grow freaking human beings in your body. If you can do that, you can find a solution for two hours once a month to go have a date with your spouse. Like, let's just be real about it. Let's put it into some real perspective here, right? So um, <clears throat> how do you get the hubby on board when he's resistant? Our son is to you. He's very much on about the date nights aren't a priority and I'm not going to pawn my child off just to enjoy myself. Um... So this is exactly what I was talking about. Others in the family do that all the time and he doesn't want to be anyone like that. Um, so this is exactly what I was talking about, that he is like dad guilt, essentially. Um, he's got a lot of perspectives, lots of opinions on what that means. And he's only seeing one side of the story. He's not seeing how this is actually going to serve your son in a really big and powerful way. And being able to present information and to have conversations. So anytime somebody brings up their spouse, and they're like, they're resistant about something. We're not changing something. Something isn't right or we're not connecting. Um, communication, communication, communication. But you can't have the communication until you yourself are aligned and really clear, authentically and confidently within yourself. Then you can have the conversation with your spouse. So when a woman tries to talk to her husband about something, when the feminine energy, which typically we associate with women, but that's not always the case. We all have both energy sources, but that's a whole different thing. Um, when a woman tries to talk to her husband about something and she's not clear about it, she's unsure, she's not confident in it, she's not even, like you don't have to have a decision made, but you're not um, comfortable and confident in what you're talking about, the masculine energy will feel that. And their instinct, even if they do not understand it, their instinct is to provide and protect and they will shut it down and they will be against it and they will put up walls because they feel that as uneasy energy. The masculine energy loves stability, loves security, provide, protect, linear, score the goal. Like that's how the masculine energy works. The feminine energy is very different. So if we come into that conversation about like, look, this is why date night is important to me. I want to go on a date with you. If the energy that you have in that conversation isn't aligned within yourself, isn't clear, isn't confident, isn't grounded in what you believe in for yourself, he will feel that and his response will be more resistance. Um, <laughs> he's being very stubborn and being clear that we need this and he needs this. Um, it's continued conversation between the two of you and finding a solution that works for both of you. That if he doesn't want to do, you know, if he doesn't want to have your son be with parents, then fine, find somebody else. Um, there's also a lot that we could talk more about how your dynamic works together, but it's still going to come down to you and your energy first and you getting clear on what you desire first and being able to talk to him and have that conversation from an empowered feminine place. Um, from the place of... Like, this is very important to me, and my desire is for you to honor that and respect that from me, and to do this for me if you can't do it for yourself, and to experience this together, right? Like, you're in a marriage together, 
Like you're two parts, you're two individuals coming together to create one relationship. It's not one unit. It's one like relationship together between the two of them. So you essentially have three entities that are involved. You have his individual, your individual, and the marriage um, unit together. So the conversations that need to happen between the two of you are like they need to be discussion. They need to be dialogue. Communication lines need to be met. And if they're not being met and if there's miscommunications being happened, somebody is communicating um, out of alignment. Somebody's not speaking their full truth. Somebody's holding something back, altering different words that they're using. Something's not being received. There's a lot that can go into that when you meet this type of resistance from a partner. Um, so it's like starting the conversation and being clear about it. And quite honestly, it's going to come down to what are you available for? Are you available for this pattern to be to continue or not? And that doesn't mean like you're sitting down giving them an ultimatum. Like that's never the impression I want to give. It's not about like, well, if you don't do this, then I'm leaving. That's not how this works. That's not how a, a productive and connected marriage will work. But it's getting very clear within yourself, what are you available for? Because we have taught people how to respond to us, how to how we've trained people how to interact with us, and it's you gotta get to a point where, am I available for this to continue or not? And from that place, you have a conversation about that. Like there's lots of communication that needs to happen to find the balance between the two, to find the agreement on this is what we're gonna do, this is what makes me happy, this is what makes you happy, this is what's gonna help our marriage, and it's always gonna come down to you being in alignment within yourself first. Um, so having those conversations again and again, and ultimately deciding like, what are you available for? What is aligned within you and what you desire to have in your relationship? And if he doesn't want to have a date night out, maybe for a while you find it's a way to have date nights in. Like there are times that my husband, because of his schedule, he happens to have days where he's off and I'm home. So we will do lunch dates and we don't need a sitter. The kids are at school, right? Like maybe he's at daycare or something and you have a lunch date with your husband or a coffee date in the morning with your husband. Um, maybe you just go out for drinks one night so you ask your parents to watch them. Um, there are um, things like after the, the kids will go to bed, we will have our own little date night. When the kids are in bed, we will have our own time together and we'll plan it that way because sometimes that's the only thing that works, but also sometimes that's like the best compromise for what we both desire to experience. So maybe it's not about hiring a sitter. Maybe it's about finding a solution that works. Like there's always a solution that is there for you if you're willing to find it together. And if he's not willing to find any type of solution, then that's a whole different conversation. And that's something that um, needs further, you know, coaching guidance insight onto specifically for you and your situation. But it's that like you have the ability to find a solution. There is always a solution and marriage is super, super, super important. And there are times when I catch flack from people that like my husband is more important to me than my children on a lot of days because my marriage is something that um, creates the dynamic that allows me to be the parent that I am. And our marriage teaches our children what to expect, right? So in our marriage between my husband and I, I am teaching my daughter what, um, what it's like to be a wife, what to expect from a man, what to be treated from a man. I am teaching uh, my son um, you know, how he should be treated by, by a woman in a marriage, by what it's like to be around a woman that way. My, my daughter is seeing from my husband, like what a man should, how a man should treat his wife, how a man should treat her and what to expect from him. And it's teaching her how to be, um, you know, teaching my son how to be with a woman and how to, like, we are leading by example of both sides of the dynamic for both of our children, of what it means to be wife, what it means to be woman, what it means to be empowered within yourself, what it means to be in a relationship with another person, what to expect, what's okay to be treated that way. Like, we don't understand that a lot of times, that we are the example of both sides of the equation for our children. And we need to lead by example that way more than... Um, we need to worry about like being the best mom. Like we need to teach them by example, leading them how to be a woman and a man and being in this world. Um, <clears throat> I try to get date nights at home. I, I really love that. Like that's, I'm a homebody anyway. So date nights at home are really cool. Um, I would question if he's always saying it's not going to happen. We live with five other adults and always interrupted. Um, 
that's an interesting dynamic that does create other things. There's still always a solution. We can just tell them we're having a date night. Absolutely. Um, he, it sounds to me just by based upon what you're saying so far, um, that, uh, he has, um, what are the words here? Um, that like he has a huge belief that he's an inconvenience to a lot of people and that like him having what he wants and him, like if I get what I want, then it's taking from someone else. So it's based in a lot of lack that like, if I have this, that means you can't. And if I do this, that means it's taking from you. Um, it also could be a lot of like, he feels he's not good enough. He feels he's, there's a lot that could be there, but it's still going to be something that's within you, um, that needs to come from alignment first and being willing to have those conversations. So like my, my suggestion would be to have more conversations about like, are you willing to investigate that? Are you, are you willing to th figure out why you feel that way? Like, why isn't it going to happen? Why don't you want it to happen? Why don't you believe that it can happen? Why don't you believe you're worthy of it happening? And those types of conversations can be very triggering, especially for men. So it's important to, again, become aligned first um, within yourself, but having the conversation from a very open dialogue place. So over the past couple of years, my husband and I have had very conversations really similar to that of it's not me confronting him. It's not me attacking him. It's that I want to investigate the beliefs that we have about ourselves, the beliefs that we have about marriage so that we can build what we want in our lives so that we can really discover what do I believe just because I've always believed it, just because that's what everybody always told me, just because that's what I have always thought, and what do I believe because I want to believe it, because it is what what's mine. And that's that's a, what I do for a lot of my clients is like we dive into what's yours versus what has just always been and what have you taken at face value so that you can really grow deep roots in what you believe in and in who you are and in what your marriage is. like that type of depth and connection is something that you only get by asking more questions and by having deeper conversations and having that way of like, let's investigate this together. And quite honestly, I shared this the other day too in my speaking engagement that uh, because this topic does come up, like how do you do this when your husband doesn't th think the same way or when your family doesn't have the same opinion, right? Maybe your family has these thoughts about like you taking time for yourself and, and that's selfish and it's bad and they think you're, you know, they have their own opinions and loving comments that they have. But it's like um, there comes a point like miscommunications happen when the words that we're using and the things that we're sharing are not 100% our truth. And they're not coming from our soul. They're, we're altering words. We're, we're trying to shift it because we want to control how someone else responds. We're trying to tailor the conversation to get the results that we want instead of being willing to speak 100% our truth. When you speak 100% your truth from a place of love and compassion for yourself as well as for the person that you're communicating with, then you... Um, when we speak our truth, it allows other people to relax, right? There's no more like tiptoe. Like we can feel that energetically and we may not understand it, that that's what we're feeling and responding to, but we like things are being altered, not quite there because we're trying to control things. So in a conversation um, not so long ago, um, probably about like eight or nine months ago, my husband and I had a conversation um and it really like, it was question after question, like, why do we believe that? Where does that come from? What about this situation? How would you feel about that? And um, I think we were probably talking about things relating to sex because those are, you know, sex and money bring up all kinds of different beliefs and conversations and taboo things. But I'm just guessing that's probably what it was about. And it got to a point where it was like, you know what? I'm afraid to speak about what I completely want, what, what my 100% truth is, because I'm afraid that if I share all of me, all of these things that I think, all of these things that I'm afraid of, that you will leave. That you will think I'm too much, that we discover that we don't connect anymore, that it's it doesn't work, that we can't find common ground, we can't find the solutions. Like all of these deep, deep, deep things that were like, I'm not sharing 100% because I'm afraid you're gonna judge me and we're gonna leave. And he had the same thing. He's like, I'm not sharing all of what I think, all of what I know, all of what I want, and all of what's going on for me because I'm afraid you're gonna think 
this, this, and this about me, and you're going to leave. And when you get down to that point, that's like really raw. That's really vulnerable. And because of that, we connected on a deeper level and it impacted us in a really positive way. But it brings up these points of like, you know, I feel guilty about this. I feel shameful about this. I believe this because this is where I learned that from. And then it's like, well, what do you want to believe? What do you choose to believe? What do we want for our life together? Um, I should probably have this conversation. Yes. Um, when we're in good moods, um, yes, most of them pop up right after fight or questions arise. So that happens because it finally opens doors. We finally bubble over and it like forces things open and it forces things to come out. And you're right. That's not the most conducive to a great conversation. Um, so it's important to really be in a space of, of alignment of I think we need to talk about this and discuss this, not from a place of like, I'm attacking you or I'm blaming you. It's that I want to have a conversation with you, like an adult conversation. We don't know how to have those. I've learned that we don't know how to communicate very effectively in this world, which is a huge problem with a whole lot of things that are going on in this world. But having real conversations of, but again, to have that type of conversation you need to be clear on your part of the conversation, on who you are, on what you think, on what you believe. And if you're going into that conversation with the intention of, I want to discover that more, that's different than I need to tell you about how I feel and what I think and what I desire in this relationship so that we can find common ground, so we can find what's going to work for us. That's different, right? Those are two different types of conversations. So there's conversations that Andrew and I have that are like, I want to work through this. I want to talk through this. I want to figure out what we believe about this and what I believe about this. And those are different than I'm a little bit upset about this and I need to figure out like how we can find a solution to make this work because this is what I want and this is what you want and they're different and I want to find a solution. Those are two different types of conversations. But no matter what, the energy that we bring to that side of the conversation needs to be authentically confident in ourselves. It's not coming from a place of anger. It's not coming from a place of um, embarrassment or guilt or shame or feeling like we are less than enough or inner confusion or we're judging ourselves. Coming into those conversations about what's going on in our lives needs to come from like true compassion and acceptance for ourselves. Authentic in who we are, what we are. This is what I'm feeling and like ownership of this is what I feel. This is what I, uh, what I desire. This is what I want for ourselves. Um, when I ask questions, this first was like, you know, I hate questions. Why do you keep bothering me with all these questions? Um, why does he hate questions? Why is he unwilling? Like a lot of this is probably just going to be the way that he was raised and what he was taught about how a marriage works, about what it means to be husband and wife, about what he saw, about the meaning he placed on things, about how he was raised, just as you are the same way about you view about marriage and about relationships and about being parents. It's what we were raised around. It's what we were taught when we were young about this is what a marriage is. This is what a parent does, right? Mom guilt arises because we were raised in a, a world where not so long ago it was June Cleaver and it was mom does everything around the house. Mom does everything for the kids. Everything is about the children, this, 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 this. Then we shifted to being all about independence and Miss Independent Female and we can go have a job and we can do all these things, but we never let go of anything from the first side. So we're just like dragging everything all together and it's creating this big mish and mash of mixed emotions, of misunderstandings, of miscommunication between ourselves, uh, between ours and our family, our and our spouse and like expectations of what it means to be a mom, what it means to be a parent, what it means to be a woman. There's a lot of expectations that are different from every person and the meanings about how those work and how those work together. And we don't understand them within ourselves. And then we don't understand them from our partner and we're not communicating in a way to be able to find the common ground together. So it's how he was raised and what he saw. And it's important to like, there's nothing wrong with that. People do the best they can with what they know and until they know differently, they're not going to do anything different, right? So it's being willing to have the conversations of like, this is, for instance, one of the things that I have talked about with my husband before is that like, look, I don't want my parents' marriage 
um, which they ended up getting divorced. And I don't want the marriage that my parents have with their new spouses, with my step-parents. And I don't want your parents' marriage. I want our marriage. And I want to know what that looks like. And I want to be willing to make that happen together. And I want to create the marriage that we want together for ourselves. I'm not letting your parents live through us. I'm not walking down their path. I want my marriage to be what I want. And I want to have conversations with you about what that is. And we can discover that together. And I want to figure out what the hell that works. And I want to make it what I want. And again, it's still going to come down to like, what are you available for? If he's not, it's your energy that's going to shift other people that are around you, your energy, your expectations, your willingness to say, this is mine. This is what I know what I want within yourself with confidence first is going to shift how people respond to you and you being able and willing to speak up for your truth, what you need, what you want confidently makes a huge difference because if you can speak up for what you want and what you desire clearly and confidently, people don't have a response to that that can be triggering for us. So instead of responding out of anger, instead of responding out of frustration, out of um you know, guilt or being upset about something, it's responding and having conversations that are, this is my truth. When you find your truth and you are confident in that and you believe in that and you know that very deeply, not just on surface level, but very deeply, that creates a whole different energy that comes into a conversation and into a relationship. And people have to respond to that. Energy affects other energy. It has to be responded to. And that will change how people will respond. This is why I tell a lot of moms that like you have to change first. If you want your children's behavior to change, you have to change first. If you want your your employees, if you want your boss, your friends, your family, your spouses, you have to change first. You cannot make anyone else change. But the energy that you bring into it and the way that you change, it changes the equation. Right? So it's like a simple math problem that if you've got one plus one and that equals two, right? You want a different outcome. You want a different solution. So you're going to become a two instead of a one. Well, two plus one is now three. That's a different outcome. So you changing you changes the whole equation and what it comes out to be. So um, it's funny how much we just take as is. That's how we're conditioned. Like we've been conditioned to believe a lot of things, to think we have to do a lot of things, to believe that mom guilt has to be there and it doesn't. Um, we create the stories in our head and other people are doing the exact same thing. The story. So when you come into the conversations, one of the greatest tools that you can have is to use the words, the story in my head is because it's not what he did or what he said that made you feel anything, right? It's, they can't make you feel anything. They did something. They said a word, whether it's your spouse or anybody else that you encounter, they did something, they said a word, they said a phrase, whatever. You made it mean what it means to you. So the story in my head is that when you don't put your laundry in the laundry basket and it's on the floor next to it, that says that you are, you know, you don't care about our home and I would really love our home to be this fantastic high vibe place. And for him, it's probably just like, oh, well, I just chuck them in the closet and I'll get it later. No big deal. Right? So that's where the miscommunications happen is because the stories in our head make things miss and we don't speak our truth. We alter it. Right? So it's like a twofold thing that like the story that goes on our head, the meaning that we give something is different than what they actually said to us. And that most likely happened because they were altering their truth in some way and not speaking from 100% authenticity. So it's like they have watched certain things, we have been taught certain things, and we've been conditioned in such a massive way that now we're starting to wake up and to want to reprogram ourselves and to reprogram what we have going on in our lives and what we desire and what we want and to know that you can control that 100%. Everything that you desire is available to you in this world. Everything, every type of relationship, every desire that you have for a thing, for an experience, for a goal, everything. It exists for you already. And it's your job to say like, yes, I'm willing to pick up the, the challenge for that or not. And 
that means conversations. That means getting clear within, right? There's my slogan is clarity, intuition, and action. You've got to reach that clarity within yourself first. Check in with your intuition for the guidance, for the support of is this actually mine or is this something I've just always believed and always has been and what I was conditioned to believe and then take the action to make it happen. And the majority of the time that action is communicating clearly and authentically what you need and what you want from yourself from the divine, from your kids, from your boss, from your employees, from your spouse, from your friends. Being able to like get clear within yourself first is where all this starts. Because we've been conditioned to believe and to do and to have and to expect certain things. And we think marriage means this. We think parenting means that, right? And you're bringing two people together in this relationship that have two different viewpoints and expectations. And if you're not communicating what those are, that creates all this garbled mess and all these disappointments and frustrations. They're unmet expectations that you may not be aware of um, or unmet needs that you may not be aware of yet that you do need and have in your relationships. So getting to know yourself, getting to know, getting clear within yourself first is always the place to start. And that's, that's where what I do with clients comes into play. That's a lot of what I do. There are a couple people in our Facebook group who can speak to that, that clarity is a wicked powerful thing. And reaching that point is the greatest gift that you can give yourself to find that clarity within yourself. Um, and that is a lot of what I do with clients is like helping you find that clarity and decipher between like the bullshit conditioning and lies and stuff that's going on and finding what's yours. That's that's a lot of what I do spend a lot of time doing because it is a process and it's unique to each individual. We've all been raised differently. We've all experienced different things. We've, we're walking completely different paths from each other. And as much as it's like people come to me and they want me to give them answers, which I get, I want that too. I want somebody to just tell me what to do. That's not how it works. It's got to come from within you. It's got to be yours. And discovering what that is and helping you guide you along the way is what a lot of what I do. Um, and it sounds overwhelming and it can seem frustrating some days, but it's actually a really cool thing because when you reach that clarity, it's like that moment in a movie when, when Harry Potter picks up his wand and it's like the light comes down, his hair flows, and it's like, whoa. Like that's, that's kind of how that feels. The light bulb clicks and you're like, huh, I get it. That's mine. And just like everything locks into place and it's like the coolest thing ever. So a lot of these questions that are being asked, that's going to come down to you getting clear within yourself first and then learning how to communicate authentically and confidently with the people involved so that you're able to voice what you need and what you want so that you can then receive it. If you can't ask for it, if you can't speak up for it, you're not going to get it. So it's being in a relationship means being willing to work with someone else's side of the equation. And that, yes, that does add another layer, another complication, but it's like, we, I'm willing to find a solution. I want to find a solution. I'm willing to find a solution. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about this and making sure that when you come into those conversations, they're not full of anger, resentment, frustration. It's like breathing, calming yourself down enough to have a actual, um, I'm totally drawing a blank on the word, but like a real productive conversation and being able to have that dialogue back and forth. And like it's creating that space and the container to have the safe conversation for both parties to be able to voice their truth and find a solution. And to know that like, you know, if feelings get hurt, it's not the other person's intention. That's not the intention to hurt somebody's feeling, but being willing, if you are the one that's being hurt by something is being willing to work through that. And to be like, okay, why am I hurt? Why does this bother me? What does that mean to me? Right? So it's like this constant back and forth of he thinks this, I think this, we need this, I want that. Like, how does this work together? And it forces us to become better communicators and get clearer within ourselves to create clearer channels for that communication to go across. Awesome. Um, so we talked about a lot of stuff. And on the note of like prioritizing things, because I know that that was a question that was asked earlier before the call was that you need to be willing to speak up for what you want and what you desire and know that you are not meant to do it all. You can have it all. You are not meant to do it all. So there are probably a lot of things in your life right now that you want to have done. There are quote unquote important things that need to happen, but you are not the one that has to do them. 
So you can delegate them, you can ask someone else to do them, you can hire someone else to do them. A lot of things you can probably get rid of. Uh, that's something I posted about the other day that there's a lot of things that I'm realizing I had convinced myself were important and needed to be done and they don't. And that's just the realization that I'm coming to due to different situations that I've been experiencing lately with some loss and grieving process. Um, but you don't, there's so much that we convince ourselves we have to do, we need to do, and we don't. And we put those things ahead of the things that are actually important, like time for ourselves, time with our spouse, time with our kids. Like your time is the most valuable thing in the world. And if you don't truly enjoy what you are doing, what you are experiencing, if it doesn't fill you up, then you need to get rid of it. Either it's become an obligation, it's become an energy drain, it's something that you don't have to do, it's something someone else can do. Like I said, there is always a solution. So whether it is like you feel like you don't have time to go on dates, you feel like you don't have time to go get your hair done, you don't have time to go to you know, to go out with the girls um, or to go to the gym and be a mom, like you don't have time to do all these things. There are a lot of things that you have in your day that you could probably get rid of and you can find someone else to do. You can drop them all together. You can hire someone else to do them so that you have time to do the things that are actually the most important thing to you because we have lost sight of how to live our our life. We are working and working and working and working and spending time being busy filling our time with busy work and things that we think are important because we have this busy badge of honor that we like to wear and those things don't matter. We need to be living our life, creating the connections, having the experiences, reaching the goals and desires that we have within our heart and soul and no longer sacrificing our true fulfillment and happiness on a soul level for all of these other non-important things that really don't matter the relationships you desire, the lifestyle you desire, the goals that you have, the purpose that you have been placed for on this earth, they are meant for you to be able to achieve them and create them and experience them. That is the foundational belief that I have for every single woman and person that I come in contact with. So if you're not happy with something, if you're feeling stressed about something, if it's not working, if it's not quite right, if it's not truly that like ecstatically exciting feeling for you, there is a solution to fix that to change that we have the ability to create that within our lives awesome stuff today so all these like priorities and things i would challenge you to take another look at them and what's taking you away from them like right like a lot of the mom guilt happens because we're like well i have to do this first i have to do this first this is more important this is more important nothing is more important than you taking care of yourself nothing right so these are the like they all work together, right? The whole, all these questions come back together. The mom guilt, the marriage, the prioritizing, the date nights, like they all come back to you choosing what is going to make you feel the best that you can feel, the happiest you can be, the most fulfilling you can have. So I have loved today's coaching and coffee call. We've been um, almost an hour, just over an hour. So I want to give you three quick reminders that the – um, authentic confidence training course that's going to be three parts that starts uh, next month I think April 3rd is our first one um, I will post the links in the Facebook group to make sure that you have those authentic confidence teaching you how to find that how to get your clarity how to tap into your intuitions really understand that within yourself why we need to find that authentic confidence how that's different from some of the fake confidence or um, you know, false confidence that we can often feel between ourselves and our, our ego and our intuition, really being able to tap into that and communicate in a confident way. So that's going to be a three-part training that I'm super pumped about. That starts, I believe our first training is April 3rd. Uh, that's going to be three parts. Super awesome. That one, um, the uh, Fireborn program is five weeks of private coaching slash group coaching. I'm kind of combining the two things together. So Fireborn is something I highly recommend that you tap into if you're looking for more support in your life, in your marriage, in your um, developing your intuition, fulfilling your soul purpose, really tapping into that magic that happens when you fulfill your soul's purpose and uh, follow your own intuition um, and creating what you want in this life, right? It's about igniting your own inner strength and creating what you, the change that you desire for yourself. So the thing that you've been afraid to do, the decision you haven't quite made, um, those types of things, that's going to be, that's a five-week program. Um, that's Fireborn. 
And um, also, the Dublin live event is in June. That's June 16th, and I've already started to talk about it and bring it out to you guys because it's already, like, the end of March. And I'm super pumped about that one. That's going to be a live workshop for a full day, um, lunches included, coffee, snacks, all that fun stuff. We're going to be in downtown Dublin. That's going to be freaking phenomenal and fantastic. I highly recommend that you use that as your pattern interrupt if that's what you are looking for this summer. That's June 16th. Um, we're going to go out to dinner afterwards. You're welcome to join us and be a part of that as well. That's going to be a really awesome workshop. I've been doing pieces of that here and there with different trainings, different live broadcasts, kind of really pulling out all the stops of testing all these little pieces so I can bring them together to that workshop to really dive deep with women on connecting to your intuition, getting clear on what you desire, taking the action that you need. Uh, when I do workshops in person, you take action immediately. So it's not like you have it all and then you have to go home and do more work it's getting the action getting results started right then and there so i'm super pumped about doing that if you're interested in that you're gonna have to send me a message i don't think i'm gonna be creating a sales page for it because i don't want it to be that type of program so if you're interested in getting together with me in dublin that'll be phenomenal by the way dublin flights are not as pricey as we think it is i highly recommend that if it's something you're feeling called to do you start looking into real options give yourself some real information ask me questions and things that you have about it i'm super pumped about that one that's going to be really awesome because there's been a lot of changes that have happened over the past like six to seven months for me and for my intuition and for what I've been teaching and the clarity on that, the depth of that, the understanding of that are going to come to a head right there and at that event. So that workshop is going to be really phenomenal. So that's in Dublin on June 16th. The Fireborn program five weeks is available to you. Um, that's on my website and the strengthen uh, or no, the into authentic confidence that starts next, uh, next month. So I'm looking forward to those. I will post those links in our sexy, powerful, intuitive, rebellious, influential tribe. Um, and you can always message me if you have any questions or comments about anything. I'm happy to help you figure out what's right for you, what you need, give you support in any way that I can. I gladly show up for any woman that decides to speak up for herself. We need more women's voices in this world. With that, I'm going to send you on your way to have a fantastic rest of your weekend. Enjoy it and be fierce and embrace your truth. See ya.